a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay, so this morning what I want to do is to kick off our new preaching series and uh, I'll probably start a message this morning. I'm not sure I get to complete it. Uh, it's really longer than just one uh, morning. And uh, I want to look in this series, uh, as, as what I've called the series, Why? Question mark. Why? And uh, I want to use this series to kick off the term to look at some things that are important to us as a church. So if you're here as a visitor this morning, if you're looking into Jubilee, if you're wanting to find out a little bit more about us, this is an ideal series uh, for you to listen to because it will tell you a bit more about some of the things that are important to us. And I thought it'd be good to do this in September because uh, September's a new term, isn't it? Uh, it feels a bit like a new year, really. I know new year is January, uh, but for many of us who have got uh, school-aged kids or involved in education in some way or another, September is the new year, isn't it? It's when it all starts, and that, that's often true of church life as well. So what I'm praying is that as we look at these things over the next few weeks, that God will use these messages to stir our hearts to encourage us, to teach us and motivate us, and to underline some things that are important to us uh, in Jubilee. Is that okay? So that's what we're going to do. And uh, this morning we'll kick off with why worship? Why worship? So let's pray, and then we'll look at some scripture together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you uh, of... Uh, you working in our lives here in this nation. We thank you of stories of uh, you working in other nations, of particularly hearing of Cambodia this morning. Thank you for all that you did in Susan and through her over the summer. And we pray now, Lord, as we look at these things together over the next few weeks about some of the things that are important to us as we look at this series. We pray, God, would you speak? As we open up your word, we say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you be our teacher? Lord God, would your word come alive to us? Would we have receptive and open and malleable hearts to hear from you? We ask it, please, in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Okay, so why worship? Why worship? Well, the first answer to that question is because the Bible tells us to. And we could stop there and say, well, that's it, really. The Bible says it. The Bible instructs us to worship God. Jesus' remembrance of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13 was this. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That was Jesus quoting scripture to Satan who was trying to tempt him to bow down at his knee. That's pretty clear, isn't it? There's not a lot of ambiguity in that sentence, is there? Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It's interesting, isn't it? Why worship God? Is he somehow needy? Do we serve a somehow needy God who is sitting in heaven thinking, oh, I just need them to worship me and need some sort of fulfillment like that? No, not at all. That's complete nonsense. It's not because God is somehow needy. We worship God because he is worthy of our praise. Amen? 
We worship him because the Bible instructs us to do so. Psalm 95 says this. I'm sure many of you will know these verses. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God. He's a great God, isn't he? He is the great God. That's who we worship. The Lord, our Lord, is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. For the Lord, our God, is the great God above all other gods. It's interesting, in in our society, we can think, oh, there aren't lots of other gods. Actually, there are. (laughs) We'll come to that in a moment. But in, in other cultures, so for example, when I was in Cambodia in January, You couldn't but drive down a road and see outside people's homes little gods, little statues that they would worship. And that was very visible. And he thought, that's their god. And often there were many of them. That was their gods, plural, outside their home. You think that's what they worship. It's a bit more difficult to see sometimes in our culture, in our nation, But you know what? It's just as prevalent. That we might not have a little statue outside our home, but actually all of us worship something or someone. We'll get to that in just a moment. It's interesting, isn't it? Something happens in us as we worship. God does something in our hearts. But let's be really clear. Right from the outset, worship is not about us. It's about him. We worship God because he is worthy of our praise. It's all about him. I saw a video clip online this week of an American preacher, and they were saying how worship wasn't about God, it was about you. It was all for you. What is complete nonsense? And it just reminded me, just because something says church on it, and we see it on YouTube, doesn't necessarily mean that it's true to God's words. We need to be careful, friends. We need to be wise about what we watch and what we read. And just because it happens to have a label of church on it, we would do well to check it with what God says in his words. Let's be really clear. Worship is for him. We worship God because he is worthy of our praise. It's for him. As well as that, it's what we were made for. We were made to worship. See, right from earliest times, men and women have wanted to worship, haven't they? Right from very earliest times, people have worshipped someone or something. And there's no surprise there because that's how we were created, with a capacity to worship. In fact, more than that, we were created with a desire to worship. You were made to worship. You are a worshipper. That's how God created you, to worship. 
We're all worshippers. So the question is not, are you a worshipper? The question is rather, what or whom are you worshipping? Because the reality is, all of us worship something or someone. And we'll come back to that thought either today or next week. But it's interesting as well that as we worship, we become, we sort of take on something that is like that which we worship. We become like that we worship. G.K. Beale wrote a book called We Become What We Worship. It's a good title. And it's why worship is such a foundational issue. You become like that which you worship. So if you worship Jesus, you become more like Jesus. If you worship or live for money or sex or status or material wealth or the approval of your parents or other people around you, whatever it might be, those things will become more important to you in your life. And it's as though you'll worship them. It's as though you take on something about them even though you don't realize it. Worship is so important, friends. Martin Luther In one of his discussions of the first commandment, which is, you shall have no other gods before me, included this. He said, whatever your heart clings to and relies upon, that is your God. Trust and faith of the heart alone make both God and idol. The idol is whatever claims the loyalty that belongs to God alone. Whatever your heart clings to and relies upon, that is your God. See, worshipping anything else, anyone else other than God himself is idolatry. It's been said that idolatry is by far the most common issue, the most common frequently discussed problem in the scripture, actually. Paul put it like this in Romans chapter 1. He said, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worshipped and served created things rather than the creator God who is forever praised. Romans chapter 1 verse 25. See, that's the biblical definition of idolatry, worshipping a created thing, not the creator God. So true worship is living to the glory of God, the creator Idolatry is living to the glory of creation. Does that make sense? We need to get things in the right order. So the issue then is not, are you a worshipper? Because you are, we all are worshippers. The issue, the question for us this morning, friends, is what or whom are you worshipping? So what does the Bible say? As with anything, our starting point has to be God's word. What does God say in his word on this question? We need to ask the question and allow God's word to speak to us. Then let's be clear, this book doesn't give us you know, optional nuggets that we can read and think, oh, I'll take that or I'll leave that, or I like that bit but I don't like the other. That's not how God intends us to use his words. This is God's word to us. It's his manual for life. It's what he intends us to read and to study. And in doing so, we get to meet him because it leads us to him. And so what God has said in this book is important that we take seriously. You might disagree with it, you might not like it, but that doesn't change what it is. It's still God's word to us. 
So what does the Bible have to say about worship? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22, if you would please. You've got a Bible with you. Matthew chapter 22, we'll read some verses together. Matthew 22, verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So what Jesus is doing here is he's referring to the Old Testament law. He's being asked, what's most important? What's the greatest commandment? What's what's the big one to take notice of? You see, for the Pharisees, well, Jewish rabbis counted 613 individual, individual statutes in the Old Testament law. So the Pharisees are saying, which one of these 600 odd is most important? That's quite a lot to remember, you'd agree. Which is the top one? Which is right up there at the top of the list? And Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your minds. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, if the Pharisees were asking this question in good heart, if they were genuinely saying to Jesus, look, 600-odd statutes, what's the most important, Jesus? Can you help us here? If that had been their heart with a good attitude, it's not a bad question. But let's be clear. They spend most of their time trying to trick Jesus and to, and to cause problems with him. So the fact, was it asked in a good heart, I would doubt it. But Jesus' answer is very clear. Do you notice it's not about the rules. It's about your heart. It's not about external observation. It's about what's going on on the inside. That's what Jesus is looking to. He looks through the outside, looks right to your heart, right to the inside. So what's going on there? That's what's most important. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, other recollections add in, of the conversation, add in strength as well. All your strength, Mark 12, verse 13. Basically, Jesus is saying this. Love God with everything you've got. All of you. Everything. That's your number one priority. Because it's to do with worship. It's to do with the orientation of your heart. So the Pharisees, well, they were great at making rules. They made a whole load of them. They took the Old Testament law and then expanded it and added more rules onto it. They were great at doing that. And they tried to get everybody around them to follow all these rules. And of course, nobody could. Jesus didn't get into their rules. He just talked about worship. He talked about the heart. You see, when you get worship right, other things follow. If you want to be obedient to Jesus, start with worship. Start orientating your heart towards him. 
You see, as you worship, it focuses your mind on the Lord, doesn't it? On his goodness, like we were singing about his goodness this morning. That does us good. Now, we worship God because he is worthy, because he has commanded us to do so. But as we do that, our heart is turned towards him and he speaks to us. And it focuses our mind on him. Eternity will be spent worshipping Jesus. So we should get some practice in now, shouldn't we? See, Jesus knew that worship realigns your soul. It puts God in the right place in your life. At the number one spot, in case you're wondering what that is. <laughs> it puts him in the right place. As you, as you worship, as you, as you focus on him, then that puts him in that place, doesn't it? I was, uh, I was watching a great uh, little video clip this week, and um, I'm just seeing if I can reenact it, which I, I might, I'm looking for. There's one of those stalls around that was here earlier, you know, those square stalls. Tim, can you get me one, and then you can help me reenact it? Tim is now regretting the getting up and getting said stall. But he may not come back. In fact, if he's wise, he will not come. No, no, it, 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 will, it, will, be, it will be fine. That's, um, that's okay. Okay, Tim, if you can bring this up here. Let's move this out of the way. This is um, unrehearsed and spontaneous. Um but I'm hoping it will illustrate the point to us about putting God at the number one spot in our lives. So, um, Tim, I want you to be Jesus. Okay? I know you look like Abraham, but um, I, want you to be, <laughs> I want you to be Jesus. Okay? And um, this stool here represents having control of my life. Okay? And whoever is sitting on the, uh, on the stool is in charge of my life and is able to make uh, decisions and able to take control of my life. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Now, so as a Christian, as somebody who loves Jesus, I would go to him and say, Jesus, I, I want you to have this. I want you to sit at the number one place in my life and make those, make those important decisions and, and you to be uh, totally important to me and I'm going to worship you and I want you to be right at the very centre of my life. And Jesus will come in and he will sit at that place in my life. That's what we do as a Christian. As somebody who follows Jesus, we're saying, Jesus, you're so important to me that you, you've got that number one spot in my life. The problem for most of us, a lot of the time, is we can say that and we might make a decision that we mean it and it's genuine in our hearts, but then something comes along. Then a situation comes along and um, I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's a situation like this. Maybe you're at work and you discover uh, that you can sneak off for a couple of hours in the afternoon and nobody would ever know. Your boss isn't around, other people are around. And one person comes to you and says, hey, you know what, I've discovered we can sneak off early and no one will ever know we can get paid the same. And so you might be thinking about this, you might think, oh, you know, I, I could sneak off early and still get paid the same. 
But we've given Jesus control of our life. What do we think Jesus might say about that? So what happens in that moment is we start to think, well, I want some of this back. And we end up sort of trying to think, well, I want some of the control of my life back as well. And Jesus will say, well, hang on a second, what's going on here? I've only got space for one cheek. <laughs> That's not how it's meant to be. And I'm like, well, Lord Jesus, I'm really sorry. I'm just, just have, yeah. have, have the position about I, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then we can go along and then something else might come along and we can think, oh, that sounds interesting. Might have a, another situation that, that comes up and we think, I wonder what Jesus might say about that. And it's as though we might be trying to wrestle Jesus off the spot of our life. We've given him this position. We say, Lord, I want to worship you. I want to bow down at you. I want you to have this spot in my life. But every five minutes, we're wrestling him off it. As we worship, it reorientates our heart to put Jesus at the right place in our life. Because we can't, with all integrity, sing songs of adoration and love and worship if Jesus isn't in that place in our lives. And for most of us, a lot of the time, we need to keep giving this back to him. Because half the time, we try to wrestle him off it and want it back. Thank you, mate. You can, uh, you can escape. Give him a round of applause. That was, a, that was a very good spontaneous drama there. Does that count as art? Is that like guerrilla, guerrilla drama? Maybe. I think so. Maybe, maybe we should do that. I've got no idea where I'm my notes after that, of course, but we'll see where we go. Jesus talked about loving God with all your heart, giving him the number one spot, all of it, in your life, not trying to take it back. Loving God with all your heart. And as you do that, as you love God with everything you have, then that gives him that number one spot in your life. So Jesus didn't say, oh, it's about this rule, or that rule, or the other rule, or any other 613 that the Pharisees could list. It's about your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And so what I want us to do over a couple of weeks, and we'll look at this again next Sunday, is to look at both personal worship, to look at all of our life as worship, and then if we get to it, we'll look at our corporate worship together as well. We may get to that next week, or that may require another uh, Sunday, depending upon if I think of a, a drama to have halfway through. <laughs> but it's important that we spend some time on this, because it's important we get it right. Actually, it's a fundamental thing in our lives that we get right, is worship. Because as we worship, we give Jesus the place in our life that he should have. We give him the spot that really should only belong to him. So as we begin to wrap up, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you to think for a moment. If you were to be asked, well, what's the most important commandment? What might your answer be? If one of the Pharisees came to you and said, what's the most important deal? 
Summarize it for me. What, what's the most important thing? Would your answer be the same as Jesus? And if it is, what does that mean to you? Love the Lord your God with all your hearts, all your soul, all your minds, all your strength. Just for a moment, just, just think for a moment. How can you do that this week? I'm going to pray in a second. And, um, but before we do that, I just want us to be quiet for a moment. And I want you to think, how can you do that this week? For many of you, you have been Christians for many years. You've followed Jesus faithfully. You've walked with him. You've talked with him. You know his voice. You know how to orientate your heart towards him. So this week, let me ask you a question. How can you grow in worship? How can you grow in your relationship with him? And for those of you who maybe haven't known Jesus quite as long and you're thinking, well, I actually knew it to this deal. What about for you? What can you do this week to grow in your life of worship? What can you do this week to have more of God in your life, to love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength? and all your minds. And finally, if you're here this morning, maybe you've come with a friend, and maybe uh, you don't know Jesus yet, maybe uh, you wouldn't describe yourself as a Christian, maybe you're just asking some questions about faith, and what it's all about, then God would say this to you, that he wants you to know him, so that you can worship him, with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind and all your strength. And maybe this week you can take a step towards him because you need to know that he is good, that he loves you, he is for you and wants a relationship with you. So let's pray together as we finish and allow God to speak to us. Lord Jesus, we pray now that you might speak to us in these just few moments of quiet as we close our time together. Lord, help us to understand how we might grow in this this week. How, Lord Jesus, you might have that number one spot in our life. How, Lord Jesus, we might grow in loving you with all our hearts, all our minds, all our strength. Keep speaking to us, I pray. Lord, this week I pray you keep drawing us to yourself. Lord, keep reorientating our hearts towards you. That we might love you with everything we have. And all of our life, all of our lives might be ones of worship and adoration to you. So Lord, we pray you bless us as we go. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, keep drawing us closer to you. That we might glorify you in every part of our life. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.